This is the Dudes in Christ Podcast. What's popping another episode of the Dudes in Christ podcast. Thanks for checking in. I am back, but Ruckus is gone. Yeah. But we have we'll a take turns. Yeah. But we got uh, a heavy hitter in with us today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big E. It was it was almost gonna be y'all too, and I was like, Well, I'll, I'll come and <laughs> I just appreciate the support. I'm in the middle of <laughs> studying. Yeah. Appreciate appreciate it. <laughs> Middle of studying for Sunday school. Pull, pull of me uh, last week. Oh, yeah. We threw you under the bus. <laughs> yeah, I heard. I heard. <laughs> I felt the tracks on my back. But no, uh, I actually did not plan that at all. But it was quite strategic. It, it kind of worked out that way. But no, I'm glad y'all, uh, you know, it was probably more of a controversial topic. Not really necessarily controversial, just. Uh, I people. think the way it went was we read the Bible. Yeah, and what the Bible says is what absolutely we believe. So, and that's how how uh, teaching should be, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Based off the word, and and not by uh, you know just thoughts and things like that. So, y'all, I thought y'all doing a great job, and uh, and that's kind of gets us into today being a good leader. Yeah, um, in leadership, you know, absolutely it's something that we kind of started on just between ourselves, you know, on this podcast was. We always was like, well, let's, what's the context? Yeah. You know, we wanted to kind of get the full thing and not read the commentary at the bottom. I think we're going to have that on a t-shirt one of these days. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the context. <laughs> but we do want to thank uh, Big E, Eric Garris for coming, coming in. I know Sundays are, uh, they're, they're another busy day. You know, we're, we're very active. We have things going to church, uh, family things always going on, catching up especially when you're working throughout the week. So it's Sunday's kind of a catch-up day. So I definitely want to thank him for his time and, and coming by. <coughs> and as we went through this, through the different gifts, when I got to leadership, um, I mean, it was a no, no-brainer no for me that I, I wanted to see if Eric could come do it. Yep. Um, just, just um, you know, I think in leadership, in my opinion, is multifaceted. You know, there's different levels of it. There's different um, areas that leadership is needing and is also progressive. So multifaceted being like, um, obviously, the biblical examples of, I think it is, I can't remember who it talks about, but bringing the word of God to people, you know, is, is a type of, of leader. Yep. But also just in the real world, you know, the family, you know, being the leader of your family, being um, and we can talk about this a little bit, but even being a leader in the public, as uh, Eric didn't necessarily get the result he wanted in this state, state rep run, but uh, he had to be a leader to even yeah. to, to even try that. You had to be uh, willing to uh, go out and see the needs of the people and things like that, and that's <clears throat> that screams leadership. Um, yeah. And also talking about it being progressive, think of it like a relationship Um I don't know if Eric ever had this, like, oh, hey, I'm a leader. <laughs> but <laughs> no. Yeah. And, and absolutely so, not. But no. even if he did, he wouldn't start out like, okay, well, I need to be a state rep. Like, oh, yeah. It was progressive, just like in a relationship. You right, know, right. you think about your wife, 
if you were to ask them, why do they love you? They probably couldn't just say, oh, well, this, you know, it was a thing over time that grows. Mm -hmm. And I think leadership is the same way. So um, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to this. I'm honored. Um, He probably doesn't realize as much how much he's uh, inspired me just for the different levels of leadership, talking about family, just seeing how he treats, you know, his, his family, how he's the uh, leader there, how he stepped up and um, taken in several under his wing, you know, and then just showing how he has that relationship uh, with each individual. Uh, So I'm, I'm, I'm honored to, to to even know. I appreciate you guys (laughs) inviting me for sure. So uh, now that, now that we got all that ooey gooey stuff out all the way, <laughs> so we we do thank you for being here. So yeah, Biggie, yeah, leadership. What does it mean to you? T- kind of get us started here. And, and well, uh, to address, I, I'd like to address real quick uh, the election that happened. Uh, I ran for a state representative, and and like you said, it's something that it, that you aspire to. Um, you don't start out there. You know right. what, what we did was, uh, you know. I was a school board member for a few years in the school that my wife um, works for, uh, Risco, there in um, southeast Missouri. And then to take a big bite like state rep, you know, we, we didn't go to, you know, council member or mayor or anything like that. We went straight to state rep. And to be a – I had several people say, well, you know, you was a nobody, <laughs> Thanks, and I say, man, that makes you feel good. So, <laughs> but no, they were. They, it's what they're actually saying is real. I mean, you was a nobody. You came out of nowhere. Yeah, you didn't know a lot of people. Uh, and I, I'm kind of recluse a little bit um, because of the way that I am normally. I'm, I'm really my my uh, natural attitude is uh, very. Blunt. Mm. I'll tell you what I want to tell you. If you want, don't ask me if I'll tell you if you ask me. So, um, but, and I've developed that over years. I don't know how that happened, but uh, (laughs) but I've developed that over years. And uh, to, you know, to take a bite like that, uh, you know, coming out of nowhere and and to get the vote that I did get almost 40% of the vote, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, God has a, a reason for that. Um, I had a team of people that was helping me as far as helping me get things done. And, and I learned a lot and I'm okay. Yeah. People's, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people was reaching out like, Hey man, are, you know, you all right, you know, don't need to go to the <laughs> clinic or nothing or <laughs> hospital. You're not broke down. No, I'm fine. Yeah. I really, uh, I'm glad. Number one, I'm glad. It, I, and I, I'm sure that Donnie Brown was my opponent. He's a great, great guy. Uh, and I think, you know, we're, I prayed I, when, as soon as he won, I sent him a text and I said, uh, "Well, not a text. It was a message. I don't have his phone number, but it was a message messenger text." I right. said, "Listen, you won. I, I, you know, my hats off to you. Uh, if you need anything, let me know. Holler at me." I said, "And go make us proud." And yeah. and I meant that, and yeah. because I know that you know, the reason we was both running was to make our district better. Right. And right. and I believe that Donnie, you know, with prayers, we need to pray for him. Yeah. I believe that he will do that, and and that's the goal is to make everything better. But I'm okay. Uh, God's got a plan. I gained right. wisdom and knowledge. I'm I'm glad it's yeah. over, and I'm no. I, I I bet you, he's the same way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's a very stressful thing. But leadership comes after uh, many years of growing up around leaders. Yeah. Right. 
And um, to be asked on to the podcast, I really appreciate that. And it's an honor for me to be here. And I, and I do take that, uh, you know, very personable. Uh, it, it, to me, it's it's really, you know, when you say leadership, I would say, you know, there's so many people in this church that we attend here that could do such, such a better job teaching this. You know, number one is our pastor. He had the the tongues uh, uh, teaching, and I listened to that, and he did a wonderful job, and I'm glad it was him that did it. Uh, you know, and he said that he was, you know, I guess uh, given given the one of the harder subjects, and but he could be a, a wonderful teaching this thing. So really, there's many people that could teach this, and I and, and to, to let me having a shot at it. I really appreciate that. But, uh, you know, uh, most people don't know, but you're leading somebody regardless if you know it or not. Right. Yeah. You know, um, you're always leading somebody. It starts at home. Uh, really leadership begins at home. It it begins with, uh, you know, your spiritual life at home. It begins with being a, a leader to your children, a leader to your wife. Um, a leader in finances. And for so many years, I was not that. Um, leadership was something that would, you know, some people just get. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> uh, sometimes I feel like people are not listening. <laughs> the but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, really, um, you know, you don't feel like a leader sometimes and and leadership is something that some people are just graced with yeah you know ronald reagan which is one of my <clears throat> favorite people to to look to as far as inspiration was you know he's a the president of the united states in the 80s and and he was called the great communicator leaders are great communicators but he said this yeah. he said the greatest leader is not necessarily the one that does the greatest things he is the one that gets the people to do the greatest things. Mm-hmm. And I think that we can trans, you know, transfer that into the spiritual also. In our household, and it starts in our house, are we pushing our kids? Are we pushing our wife? Are we praying for them and pushing them to great, to make great choices, to make great things happen? And, you know, I lived in a house growing up that my mom Took us to, to took us to church. My dad didn't go to church, and you know my mom was the spiritual leader of our home. So to have a father that would go to church, I didn't I didn't understand that. Um, I told Tony and Steve one time. I said, "Man, y'all so lucky that your dad goes to church." And you know Roger's been uh, a spiritual leader for as long as I can remember in his home. Uh, and he'll tell you the, he'll tell you just like I'll tell you leaders make mistakes. We, we make bad choices. I think one of the, the biggest things about being a leader in your home is working hand in hand with your wife. We are not Lord over our wife, right? We are the leader of our home. Ultimate responsibility falls to us. But I think that working with our wife Praying with our wife. How many of us pray with our wives? And you know how many times that my wife has looked at me and said, "You know, we need to pray." It wasn't me. It was her. And yeah. and, and what it was is the uh, the reminder 
be the leader. Don't want to have to bring this up all the time, but you know, we need to pray and, you know, we need to have family prayer. And, and, and my wife has, you know, been that spiritual leader in our home. Some really has, I've been, I've been married to her over 30 years and it's one of those things that it's a spiritual growth together. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to make, because we're men. And and we think sometimes that we know what we need to do. (laughs) You know, my wife has told me before, you don't need to buy that, (laughs) that car. Well, I, you know, and and you're thinking to yourself, I know, I I hear God's voice. (laughs) And I think this is what God wants. (laughs) Yeah. And my wife was not in, in agreement with me, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, and um, it always turned out to be a bad thing. Yeah. It's like, okay. I need this new toy, and, you know, <laughs> I'll play with it for a That's couple days. That's all it was. That's all it was. <laughs> and then after a couple of days. Yeah, the, the car, the, the, you know, that initial two or three weeks is like, man, yeah, I got a nice car. You know? And then after that, you're like, I got a payment coming up. Uh, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> time to sell. Yeah, it's one of those things that if I would have listened to her a lot of times, and I tell my kids, you know, uh, you got to work with your spouse. It's something that's not a 50 50 thing. It's a hundred hundred. Yeah. And, uh, just going back to where you mentioned <clears throat> just, uh, about praying with your spouse, mm-hmm. <clears throat> me and Ashley done that for a time. Then we kind of, you know, just like I, I would assume probably just like everybody, you kind of get lax and things like that. Yeah. And so actually about a, uh, probably a week ago, we, we started like four bed, we'd do a devotional together and just pray together. And it, it's, there's, something about praying together just brings back an automatic connection. It kind of puts you back. Um, I'm trying to be uh, selective with my words here, but mm-hmm. it kind of puts you back in, in order, but it actually brings you together. Like you're on the same page. Yeah. So, so now you're praying, you know, not only mm-hmm. with another person, right. a spiritual person for right. that prayer, but a lot of times in prayer, things of the heart will come out. And so, right. Men, mm-hmm. me personally, mm-hmm. <laughs> communication is not always the best. So, no. yeah. in prayer, sometimes the things of the heart will come out, and then you can join together with that. And, and, and so, it's pray with your spouse. It's, it, it, it's such a powerful thing. People don't understand. You know, I can pray with Josh. I can pray with you. Uh, we can pray all, at, at, you know, all together. But when you come together with a spiritual person that is a part of you, yeah, you know. You ever heard this this saying, blood is thicker than water? Yeah. Well, spirit's thicker than blood. Yeah. And there's something that is that's undeniably powerful about a, a husband and a wife coming together and joining an agreement to, where two or three are gathered in my name. I, I'm going to be there. That's what the, world said, the Lord said. But there is a spiritual power that we it, – it's so untapped because the church don't the, – the men and women, the, 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 the spouses don't pray together. <clears throat> I really believe it's it's a something that's come against the home, and whenever the enemy can keep the spouses from praying together in agreement, that prayer, like you said, you and Ashley, it brings you to the same page, and then you start living life, thinking, how would what would she do? What would she? She'll say, what would Justin do? And you're going to make better decisions on your own just by praying together because it's going to tie you even stronger yeah you know and and i believe that leadership is it starts at home and we lead someone like i said regardless if we understand it you know or not but a leader is a person who leads and and this is the definition a person who leads or a person who has commanding authority 
or influence. And, you know, as leaders, we, I don't, we have to be both of those in the spirit and in the, you know, and in the natural. It's a person who leads and a person who has commanding authority or influence. You know, we have influence on people. Um, Regardless if you if you realize it or not, when we come out here, we're we're all part of the praise team, mm-hmm. and we lead we lead worship. How do you lead worship by playing an instrument? No, no. We are talented. We we play instruments. I think that we're, you know, you know, best drummer and one of the best <laughs> piano players. I think that we I've ever heard. But I'm telling you that that we don't. We're not leading worship by playing instruments. We're leading no. by how we respond up there, how we move up there, how yeah. we pray up there, how we meditate on God. Right. And that's how we lead worship. We're all always leading somebody. But to be a great leader, it starts by being a great follower. I, I've been following Pastor Fowler for years, and he followed my grandfather, which was his spiritual father at the time, which was Reverend Yuo Redding. I was following Grandpa Redding. I was following Roger. I was following my Aunt Beverly. I was following my mom. I was following. These are spiritual leaders in my life. And to be a good leader, you have to be a good follower. Listen, the Bible talks about them all the time. Abraham led Isaac. Um, Moses led Aaron, even though Aaron was Moses's three-year-old brother. is three years older than Moses. Aaron was his brother. People don't realize that. Aaron was Moses' brother. But Aaron followed Moses. Just because you're the first one in line doesn't mean you're going to be the automatically the leader. <clears throat> right. <clears throat> Excuse me. David. Solomon followed David. David was his father. And, and David was the king of Israel. And Solomon was one of the, what people consider, one of the best kings of Israel of all time because of his ability to follow his dad and he made some bad choices (laughs) he really did but wisdom wise solomon was there paul and timothy timothy followed paul you know paul gave instructions to a lot of churches he was a leadership you know he he did the and what did he do he planted Yeah. yeah um he planted many churches he planted yes many he did the hard work and a lot of people don't realize that to be a leader is to be a servant. Yeah. yeah. If you don't want to work, you look at yesterday. I'm, um, yesterday I was at home. What was I doing? I was doing something. Um, Part of my lesson today: forgetfulness. Yeah, forgetfulness. <laughs> there you go. Um, Forgetting. I have I've had good, so much on my mind, but uh, it can be a good thing. Yeah, but um, you know, yeah. I mean, like having a. Surgery, you don't want to remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they give you the medicine to make you forget, really, to tell yeah. you the truth. But, uh, you know, uh, our pastor's down here. Um, he's not a spring chicken, and he's down here working at the food pantry. I sent uh, Faith and Isaac down here. They wanted to come and work, so they came down here and worked for a little bit. And uh, Faith said, you know, Dad, I think uh, Uncle that's her uncle, Uncle Roger got a little bit too hot. And I said, well, honey, I said, you know, he's older. But what's he doing? He's out here leading. And he's been a leader, like I said, my, my whole life. Uh, you know, but he's a servant. He's always working. Yeah. I mean, I've seen him vacuum floors. I've seen him, 
mopping. I've seen him picking trash up. I've seen him taking trash to the, you know, we're talking about a church that has, you know, on a good Sunday, hundred people. And, 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 uh, this is a, you know, this is something you'll, you won't find a lot of pastors doing right? because he, he's not just pastor by name or by title. He's, he's a leader. Yeah. And, 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 you know, so to be a leader is to be a follower. I've been a follower of these guys for a long time and, and I've taken uh, a lot of discipline mm-hmm. and I've had to swallow a lot of, um, what I wanted to do, you know, and, and, and put myself into, and there's a time I didn't do that. There's a time I, I would rebel a little bit. Um, I think that was just a part of, uh, my, my nature of who I was, but to, to receive discipline, to receive correction and not get mad and run off, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. but I wanted to bring up, um, First Peter five and six, yeah. First Peter five and six, like, and get some of this tied together. Um, First Peter five and six says this, and this is a. Uh, uh, here we go. Well, let's start at five. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, and all you, all of you, be submissive to one another. So we should be always thinking about the other person and be submissive to those. Respect our elders. We have elders in this church that we respect. Uh, elders that, and there's a reason they've been through things. And if we listen to them, we can gain wisdom. We can gain knowledge, and that's what leadership's about: gaining wisdom, gaining knowledge, and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Here we go. Number six. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. It says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. What does that mean? That means that it may not be today. Yeah, You know, you may be called to be a pastor. It might not be today that you're going to be right. a pastor. You know, there's a, a lot of people that have callings on their lives. We have people that come here from the Messiah house that may have a calling on their life. One of them may be a pastor one day. But it's not today. Right, I mean, right. when you're called to do something, David was called to be king a long time before he was king. Yeah, right. He was anointed to be king a long time before he became king. And did David take his leadership responsibility and throw it out there like, I'm the next king, and Saul, you're not? See, God ordained both of them. Yeah. But it was the way that they were in the ordination. Yeah. Saul took it to his head, and he said, I'm going to do what I need, what I want to do because I'm the king. Right. And David said, I'm going to do what the Lord wants me to do. He could have killed Saul several times yeah. and he didn't do it because he respected the leadership of Saul. And when Saul died, David grieved. Yeah. Um, and, you know, most of us would be like, get out of the way. My turn. It's my turn. <laughs> I've heard the uh, our pastor say this before, you know, just let me in there and I'll do, you know, I can do a better job. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, there's zeal there, you know, and he found out real quick that it's not as easy as sitting back and being it. You know, we can all sit back and, and, and yeah, we can critique people all the time and we can say, man, I, you know, I can be the, what they are, what they call armchair quarterback. (laughs) I mean, I can, 
I can sit there and tell you exactly how you know yeah. how how you should do things. The the fan in the stand at the game. Yeah, that's it. But you never you're never going to you know get out there and just do the job that you think you're going to do. We all make mistakes, but you know to humble ourselves and wait for God to do it. That is a, a mark of a leader. You want to you know a mark of a leader? It's waiting on the Lord to promote you to put you to where you want to be. Yeah. Um, but Jesus talked about, you know, you talk about the, the, some of the, I mean, one of the best examples, you know, Jesus was talking. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's turn to, well, I got my Bible. Uh, I'm going to go to Mark 10. I got that wrote down for a reason. And let me know on our time. I don't want to keep us no, too long. Mark 10, uh, 41 through 45. Let me go over there real quick. Um, Jesus was talking to uh, J- James and John. James and John wanted to be they were disciples of God, apostles, and they wanted to be on Jesus' right hand and on his left hand in, in the kingdom of God. And Jesus said, you know, it's not mine to give that. But let's turn to 41. It says this. And when the ten heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. I wonder why. You're trying to get something over me. You're trying to get in over me. You're James and John, yeah, but what about me? I want mine too. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, You know that those that are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them, yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever you desire to be first shall be slave to all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life in ransom for many. So what did Jesus just say? If you want to be, you know, you want to be a leader, you're going to be a servant. You're going to serve. Look at me. I'm Jesus. Uh, and you talk about leader, but what I come to do to be a ransom, I come to to die for you and to be the these you know the best the biggest servant at all, yeah. To take that, and he did, you know he did that, and let's go to Matthew the twenty third chapter. This is one uh, that that really stood out, and that, and I've referenced this before. Uh, Matthew the twenty third chapter. Let me get over here. In verse number 11, says this, but, who, but he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. So, I mean, the greatest among us here at, the, at this church, I would consider, is our pastor. Both of them. And, and what do they do? They serve. Who cleans this church most of the time? Our pastor. Yeah. Who, who uh, orders, I mean, I, I don't know about ordering the food and all this, but I'm talking, they do a lot. They do a lot. They yeah. have a lot. I mean, it's a full time job. Yeah. And and he runs a business and and tries to do this too. And and he does a fantastic job. And I'm not trying to just you know lift him up. I'm just trying to say that to be a leader, you have to look to. You got to surround yourself with leaders. Right. You guys are leaders. You know, I'm a leader. Uh, your kids are future leaders, and they may be leading somebody right now. Your wives are leaders. You know, there is 
absolutely no nothing that uh, a that God can't use a female for that He can use a male for. Yeah, there's male leaders, there's female leaders. Just to uh, speak real quick. Yeah, go ahead, Justin. Talking about uh, you know, pastor being that leader, <clears throat> and um, as a teacher, I will say, especially on this level and what this level, I mean, like a a, a local church. You know, we're not this big. TV church, you know, it's it's a local family type environment. Yeah. So being a teacher, pastor, things in this environment, there's there's no celebrity status here. Being a, yeah. you know, you know what I mean. It's, right. Right. If you're going to teach here, it's because you're wanting to, like Eric is saying, serve the congregation, teach the congregation, right. lead right. the congregation. Right. And so. Something this past Wednesday when Pastor taught, I don't know if anybody else noticed it, but I could tell that something was, he was not feeling good when I came in. I, you know, I kind of hugged him and said, hey, how's it going? And, you know, he just, that spaz that he usually has wasn't there. I was like, man, this dude ain't feeling good. Mm-hmm. And then he came up to teach and, you know, even asked for prayer. He's like, hey, you know, I'm not feeling good. Right. So you already see the example of of being the, the job type, you will, like, yeah. He didn't want to I would if I was feeling sick I wouldn't want to get up there and teach, yeah. you know. Yeah. But being that servant first, he said, "No, this this word needs to go out, so I'm going to go ahead and do that." Right. But then also what I noticed when he started, did you notice the change? Like he was he first started off kind of slow and but after he got going, it's it's like this spiritual energy if you will. Right. It's like he was revived. Right. And that's to me. That's that's. Yeah, there was a lot right there. I've for seen me. him do that several times when he yeah. wasn't feeling good, and and I mean, and he's he's delivered a message. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to get up in front of people when you don't feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh, you know, he's going to be teaching today at uh, our Sunday school, and it's it's a sacrifice, you know, to serve people, to stay up and try to study and try to deliver something to the people to see them mature and grow and, and, and be, you know, propelled into what they need to be in, in, in the kingdom. And it's, you know, you both done that. You both got the thumbs up. You both know what, you know, um, that is, that consists of, I mean, today you come down here, you're serving people by doing the podcast you know, you're getting things out there. You're you're promoting different things, and and you're teaching, and people are being blessed. And that's that's a a service. That's a servant thing. And then your leadership in there. And then if you if you know anything about the voice of Zion, if you come here, we don't have an hour service. Right. You know, uh, some people show up at church at nine and they're out by ten. Yeah. That's not even. I mean, that's, that's pra- not even that's practice. That's for practice us. for us. Yeah. So. <laughs> You know, if you're down here at the podcast at eight o'clock in the morning, but you you come in before eight o'clock, and we don't get out sometimes till one o'clock. I mean, it's a full time job yeah. on a Sunday. We do it not to get paid. We don't do yeah. it to get medals or crowns. We do it to serve people. Yeah, there's a lot of people that come in here and and they don't know half of what it takes to put the church together, to put you know the music together, to to make it all work and we work hard to serve and they come in and basically they, they walk in at 
you know, at 1045 and they receive, you know, praise and worship and then they receive the message and they go home and they don't leave a dollar. Uh, they, they, they take, take some people, you know, come with the understanding of the, it put, takes a lot. And it's not that we, we, you know, just demand money from anybody, but what, it, what I'm saying is we serve, yeah. They come the, and they gain from our service, and it takes a lot. It get we take it takes a lot to give you your time, especially Justin. You know, you got little kids. Yeah. You know, uh, Lainey's how old? Oh man, you have spot. She was <laughs> on, born in 2013. She's nine years old. Yeah, she's nine. Yeah. <laughs> See, I gotta so, do. I can. I can get it, but it needs. It takes so, math. Her yes, birthday's August yes. 16th, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's a funny so, story. We were going to. I had to take her to the orthodontist the other day because um, Ashley, uh, she was busy. No, she had to go do something for me. So, so I took the kid to the. I took Lainey to the orthodontist before we get in there. I'm like. Remind me of what your birthday is one more time because I know they're going to ask. <laughs> She's like, really, Dad? This yes, is sad. Yes. Like, <laughs> Put it in your wallet. Yeah. Stick, in, stick in your phone somewhere. Um, but no, uh, you know, you got little kids and you could be taking them on a Sunday to fish or to – but you choose to serve. Yeah. And not only does the Lord see it, your kids see it. And maybe they're like, you know – we want to go here too, but as, as they grow, you're going to leave a legacy for them. That's one thing that I that I think every good father and mother wants to do. Uh, good leaders in their home wants to leave a legacy for their kids. And and what better legacy can we do but serve the Lord? Yeah. Um, but you know, to be a to be a leader really in um, uh, the world standard. Is you know we want okay you think about a leader you're going to hire somebody in your firm you want somebody with what high IQ you want to make sure that they're not right you know slow I mean you know you don't want to hire a president of a company to run your company and he can't do math he doesn't right. understand administration but the what the the Bible says is God takes the foolish things of this world to find the wise yeah uh, I mean. He he pulls that over. I mean, you know, you want somebody that's uh, in your company. You want somebody that's you know pretty well off that knows how to handle money. I mean, but in in the in the Bible, you see that God uses so many times so many different people. See, you can have a good IQ, and that's how to, you process things. I know my IQ is not real high. It's not real low, but it's not. It's <laughs> right there in the nice medium range. Medium. <laughs> Uh, I tell people it's like 140, but it's not. So, <laughs> um, but you know, then then you have a good what's your EQ? Uh, you know, and I'm not talking about the thing on your stereo. You know, <laughs> heavy bass. Yeah, bass yes, yeah, up. I like the mediums down a little bit. Um, EQ is emotional quotient. Now, I'm not no big fancy guy that knows all this stuff. Uh, I've looked a lot of this up and I've studied some of this, but emotional quotient, what is that? That is how you handle stress, uh, how that you process stress. I actually pulled it up. And as a leader, you got to be able to do this. Let me pull this up. I'm going to read it to what emotional quotient is, your your EQ. Um, I took a picture of it on my phone. EQ is this, emotional intelligence, okay, basically the ability to understand Use and manage your own emotions in positive ways to relieve stress. Communicate effectively 
empathize with others, overcome challenges, and diffuse conflict. Now, if you think of a leader, that's something that he or she yeah. will be able to do. Do you have a good EQ? You might have a good IQ, but do you have a good EQ? Listen, there's nothing scarier than a scared leader. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing scarier than a scared leader. What do I mean? Okay, here's a good example. We just went to Florida, uh, to Orlando. I took my kids to Disney. Um, and it was hot. Uh, Jim Gaffigan is one of our favorite comedians. If you don't know who he is, mm-hmm. he's pretty clean and uh, he's funny. And he said, uh, you know, he's like, you know, what do you, what's a good thing to do in July? Let's go to Disney and stand in line. I, you know, it's like, yeah, it's kind of like going to the Milk. DMV and just standing there. I mean, <laughs> yeah. so, but um, we flew there. Well, on our way, we had turbulence. And if anybody's never, if you haven't flown in an airplane and experienced turbulence, what it is, is it's like air pockets in the air <laughs> going to the Philippines. It, and it can be, it can become pretty, pretty rough yeah. going to the Philippines. The last time we went, me and Faith went with the pastors and Blake went and um, we had some really, really tough turbulence while I was sleeping. And my daughter <laughs> woke me up. At the bottom of the boat. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I was asleep. And, and so Faith woke me up. She says, Dad, she said, the turbulence is so bad. And I said, Honey, if it's our time to go, <laughs> it's our time, you know? Words so, of encouragement. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, good leader. Yeah, good leader for, for a kid, you know? So, you have um, little faith. Yeah. <laughs> I should just spoke. Yeah. I speak to the turbulence, you know? <laughs> so, turbulence but, uh, calm. Uh, so when you experience turbulence, you have a little ding that happens, ding, and then you see seatbelt sign. Yeah. And what does the you know the flight attendant say, ladies and gentlemen? The captain has turned on the fasten seatbelt sign. We're going to be experiencing some turbulence, so please have a seat, and we'll get through this, and we'll turn off the seatbelt sign when we're through. Well, when you hear this, you're like, hey man, we're good. I, I, there's a comfort in me that knows that everybody's good. We got, you know, the pilots are good. The plane is good. Everybody's good. But if you have turbulence and all of a sudden you hear somebody screaming and you look up there and it's the captain, (laughs) there's a different emotion that attaches to that. He's the leader and he's screaming like a little girl. So it brings a fear to everybody because you don't know. What's going to happen? It's the same thing in the church and in your home. Yeah. There's nothing scarier than a scared leader. And how do we not become a scared leader? We have to be prayerful. We have to be, you know, proactive, not just reactive. We have to pray together with our spouse before things happen. We have to prepare our children and pray with them before things happen. We have to show them what the Word of God says by not only opening the Word, but living it in front of them. Yeah. What are we allowing in our home? What are we allowing our kids to watch? Listen, there's a movie that just came out, um, this new Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. Nothing against Disney. I just went to Disney. But this has a, a scene in it that is a very inappropriate for kids. Yeah. Why does... Why does it have to be involved in a kid's story? Right. 
you know, it's a kid's movie. Yeah. Why does it have to be brought out? It's not because the, the Christian population is saying that we need to have it done. It's because the enemy wants to push that over. Yeah. Are we realizing what our kids are doing and playing with and, and watching? Yeah. Are we realizing how they see us respond to different situations? I mean, my kids bring it up all the time. You remember when dad did this and he did that, you know, and, and, uh, I try not to cuss <laughs> in front of my kids. I try not to cuss at all. I'll just be honest with you. Uh, and, and I don't, I don't practice cussing, but I have had the opportunity sometimes. And I have, uh, I was looking for my dog one time, Lily, she's, she's passed away. And, uh, and I was, I was, you know, was, was distraught, <laughs> and I backed out. My my wife parked my Jeep, my Grand Cherokee, in a spot where she never parks it. Well, I jump in Faith's car, and I back out. <laughs> now she's sitting there, she's crying. I'm like, Faith, you stay here, and you, you tell me, you call me if if you see Lily come, you know. So I back out real fast and. <laughs> I hit that car. I, I mean, I hit the, the Grand Cherokee, and, and I just caved the door in. Well, the first thing that came out of my mouth was a bad word. Now, my little girl's sitting here listening to her daddy. Okay. So, was I the best example? No. Did I fail? Yes. But, you know, we have to be proactive. We have to let them hear us. What we say is what we do. Yeah. To be a leader means that. That we, you know, how do we handle stress when stress comes? Um, do we freak out? Do we go to the word and 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 look at the solutions that's found in the word? Or do we are we that captain that's screaming in the middle of the air? Yeah. Uh and I believe that comes with leadership comes with doing that, is being proactive. You know, Justin, before you go out and you go to a, a meet, you don't just sit at home watching TV and eating Oreos right? and go to the meet and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win. <laughs> yeah. You got to go and prepare. You yeah. have to go and you have to lift weights. You have to eat a certain diet. You have to, you got a regimen that you have to do to prepare to go to this meet to try to beat yourself. Yeah. You know, and, and you're not trying to, I've heard you say that before. You're not trying to beat somebody else. You're just trying to, to be better at yourself. And it takes preparation. The same way here. We can't just wait until the enemy starts attacking to get our swords out yeah. and just make sure that they're sharp. Yeah, I got a sword, but is it sharp? The Bible says it's sharper than two-edged. Uh, this is sharper than a two-edged sword, but it will do nothing. Absolutely no. This Bible will, not abs- will absolutely not do anything unless we know how to use it. Unless we know what the Bible says about us, unless we know what the Bible says about the situation, unless we know what the Bible says about us being leaders, Jesus wants us to be leaders. Every one of us, male, female, we're all leaders. We all have a call. We all have a purpose, and we have to grow into that purpose. But that's going to take preparation. It's going to take discipline. It's going to take getting um, receiving correction. If you can't receive correction, and you can quote the scriptures, there's something wrong. Yeah, yeah. 
you can quote the scriptures and preach all day long, but if you can't receive correction from your pastor or your leader, then you have a problem in your heart. Yeah. It's not it's not the the pastor's problem, it's your problem. And I suggest that you open the Bible and you find out how to become humble again, yeah. how to become a servant again. And 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 take the high thoughts that I'm so big and look at me and throw those down and become the servant. That's what Jesus did in uh, John 13. I'm going to read this. G- this is uh, 1 through 11, John 13. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all unto his hand and that he had come to God and was going to God, rose up from supper and laid aside his garment and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. To wash a person's feet in the in the Bible days was a servant. The lowest servant of the house would come and wash your feet yeah. because they wanted you to. This was kind of like an honorable thing. You are a guest. We are going to honor you by washing your feet, making sure you're clean. We're going to feed you. We're going to take care of you. He began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a the towel. With which he had around his waist, and he said, he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, "Lord, are you washing my feet?" Jesus said to him, "What I am doing now, you don't understand, but you will know after this." Peter said to him, "You shall never wash my feet." Now I think that when Peter said that, he was saying that into, "You're you're my Lord." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're not going to wash my feet. Uh, that's that's not what you're doing. And Jesus said to him, "If I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me." Simon Peter said to him, "Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head." He said, "Well, if you're going to do it, and I can't be a part of you, then wash everything." And I think that's one thing that we have said to the Lord: "You're not washing my feet because you're your Lord. You're not going to wash my feet." And and. And we have that attitude of, you know, I know what's best for me. And he said, you don't even know what I'm doing right now, but you'll know after this. He said, but if you, I don't wash your feet, you're not going to have any part of me. He said, well, then wash my whole body, basically. Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew that Simon... Uh, or Jesus Iscariot would, would betray him. Therefore, he said, you're not all clean. So what did Jesus do? He became the servant of the whole house and began to wash this. He became a servant. He went well, on the cross. What was he? He was a servant. We go through things. We, we don't understand sometimes, and that's part of being a servant. Accepting the wrong. Accepting that you don't know it all, accepting that, you know, maybe, you know, I am not who I thought I was yeah. and trying to get better, trying to, to, you know, 
trying to push yourself to get better. But, you know, um, I'm going to finish uh, real quick here. I got just a few things, and then I'll, then I'll be done. And, I, uh, again, I appreciate you guys letting me come and, and share. But there's three, thing, there's three ways to, for a leader to motivate people. Three ways. And uh, I want to do it the right way. There, number one, there's guilt. We can guilt people to do things. You know, you owe me this. Right. So are we guilting people? Is that how we get things done? Another one is flattery. Man, everybody says you're going to do such a good job, and I know you'll do such a good job. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, there's flattery, and then there's inspiration. You know, uh, Martin Luther King said, I have a dream. Um, you know, think of what we can accomplish together. Yeah. Um, so – you know how? What kind of leader do you want to be? You're going to be a leader for. You're going to be a leader regardless if you want to or not. It's and it may not only be to just one person. But are you going to be the leader that tries to just lord over people, or are you going to be the leader that serves? Yeah. And I believe if we look at our leaders that we have with us today, and how that they lead, and if you find a good leader, you need to stick with them. And we see our leaders working and serving when they don't feel good, when they are feeling great. We see the, you know, there's just the love in their eyes and we see the concern. A leader will call you out, will correct you because they love you. So when you do get called out, and we will. Yeah. When you do get corrected, and we will, how do we respond? Yeah. Do we respond with a servant's heart, with a humble heart, or do we get puffed up? Are we? What's your EQ? Yeah. Is your EQ to just you know when stress happens and things happen, are you going to freak out? Are you going to be the airplane guy that's you know, <laughs> you know, you look up there and the you know you know it's bad because you know the flight attendants are putting parachutes on, <laughs> you know. And, and, you know, or are you going to be the one that keeps people calm yeah. and says, you know, we're going to be fine because you know what the word says and you have prepared and you've been proactive. Amen. So such a, such a great word. And, uh, unfortunately we are right here at time, but there's, there's a lot of big points. Uh, if you go back and through and listen, or if you're listening now and I hope you caught them, um, just a couple, uh, you know, just to kind of recap a couple here. We're talking, Eric, talking about Jesus, you know, serving and washing the feet. You see, even even there, um, I have no indication that he didn't wash Judas's feet as well. The very person that Jesus knew was about to betray him, and he still said, "Judas, I'm going to serve you. You're not clean, but I'm still going to serve you." So that, that's that's pretty big because a lot of times we get. We know people, and we're like, well, I'm just going to leave that alone. I know them. Yeah. But um, being a true leader is is still serving no matter what. And then, then another thing just to end with, when he's talking about proactive, being proactive, getting ahead of things before they happen. I just kind of had the, uh, the thought, prevention before intervention. You know, we can we can prevent a lot of things by just getting ahead of them, you know, being a leader and stepping up. Instead of waiting until everything crashes and burns and then try to come and pick up the pieces and put them back together. So lots of good points um, Eric talked about today. I hope that you were blessed from it. 
We appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, next week we will have uh, healing with Brother Greg, I believe. So um, that'll be another one you want to tune into. I hope you guys are enjoying this gifting series. And till next time, we'll see you. This is this is Dudes in Christ podcast.